Well, if we could gather in our seats. It is the 31st of December, the last day of the year. So it's a kind of a momentous thing. It seems like the longer I live, I didn't say the older I get, just the longer I live, uh, sometimes I uh, fail to appreciate some of these days. But uh, I would like to turn, and I got several different verses that we look at today, but I'd like to turn to John chapter 3, and uh, we'll read verse 16. I might read 17 with it. Um, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then I want to read Matthew chapter 16. Um, in verse 24 it says, Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then I have one last verse and I will take this one. It's in all the different books, but I will take it from Matthew chapter 22 and verse 38. And it says, This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. This is your word. This is your church. Oh God, we want to be more and more like you. Help us, oh God, as we look backwards and as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. As I thought on uh, uh, my title today, I don't always announce it right away, but is is others, others. And that has been the theme in 2023 for the Church of Omaha. Um, and, and with that, you know, I look at different themes that we'll hold at the Church of Omaha, and you'll say, well, we do the same thing year to year. It looks similar, or we, we know we, uh, uh, we have this service this time of the week, or we go out and we do that. Um, but we give an emphasis in our hearts and in our focus and in our thinking on, on different items that we'll do. And so, you know, we handed out a lot of bags this year, and we uh, made a focus on, hey, can we connect with people out in the community? And, and our messages, and you'll notice on all of our our uh, titles, hashtag others, as we tried to draw our attention not onto ourself, but onto one another. And that idea of focus on others versus ourself or selfishness versus selflessness, um, we think of it as being very biblical, and it is. To focus on others is very biblical, but... Um, selfishness or being self-absorbed is a trait that both within the church and in the world is something that is frowned upon. If you have one of those friends that they just talk all about themselves and, and then when you're in a situation and they're like, ooh, I feel really bad for you, but sorry, <laughs> that would affect me in a bad way. And you're like, oh, well, that's all about you. Or they're like, they get upset when they don't get the item they want, and, and you're like, but dude, what about everybody else here? They didn't, they, we'll make it simple. There's a, one last dessert left, okay? And Charlie didn't get a dessert. And Marcus is like, oh, he's eaten three desserts. I'd made four. Three desserts. 
And, and, you're, and he's like, I just want that next dessert. And he gets upset about it. And you say, well, Charlie never had a dessert yet. And they're like, but I want the dessert. And you use logic and you say, but you've had three desserts. And Charlie's not had a dessert. And, and I know, I know, but I want the dessert. And then when it gets given to Charlie, you see Marcus stomp off mad. Has anybody seen this? <laughs> not with desserts, but with other things. You, you've seen it with Ahab when he wanted the uh, uh, vineyard. And he wanted Naboth's vineyard and he desired it so much. Why? It wasn't that he had a problem with Naboth. It wasn't that he wanted to recognize that it had been in the rules and the laws and it had been in Naboth's family all those years and that what Naboth was doing was the right thing. It's not that that mattered. It was, it was all about Ahab. What he wanted. And, and so his wife Jezebel comes along and she's like, oh, what, what's the matter with you? You're feeling so bad. And what can I do to help you, honey? And uh, I think you deserve everything you desire. Isn't that a you deserve thing kind of a theme in our world? And yet people look at that and it begins to feel shallow and empty and, and it's this self-absorbed selfishness. I see some heads shaking out there and I believe I've gotten a witness from it. And I think I could speak about this in about any setting out there where there's very many people and people would agree. It doesn't work in society for us to get along, to have friendships and everything be about you. All about you. Selfishness. And so when we read passages like Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, when Jesus said, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We grab a hold of that self-denial. And we say, oh, that hurts. And... It, we can feel it, and, and man, I wanted to do this thing, and I wanted that thing, and, and I wanted this in my life, but you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give something up, because I'm denying myself for the cause of Christ. And that call rings out by Jesus Christ, because when it gets into our self and into our flesh, we, we desire stuff, and it's what, what our flesh desires is against what God would want. And... And how can I help you understand that a little bit? First off, we're going to get glorified bodies. So when we talk about the flesh, this skin and bones, is, we're going to have a glorified body one day. But we're talking about the, the human, fleshly ways of living in this world. That way of living in this world and those desires, that, that side of us, that, it, the humanity, the, um, I'm gonna, I don't want to get this all wrong, but the, the human fleshly desires, those things don't work in heaven. And, and, and that, that's not going to be in heaven. And so when we, the ways of this world and the desires of this world and the chasing after it and the, the things that, that we would crave in our bodies, those things aren't going to last. And so there's no reason uh, um, why when you and your humanity desire to do the sinful things of this world and you crave after that, that side of you, it, it doesn't mix with God and it's not going to say, wow, hey, you know what? Uh, um, I wanted to go out and do drugs and I wanted to go out and, and live this crazy lifestyle and, and you think that part of you is going to say, no, no, we don't want to do that. That's wrong. Let's live for God. 
But the, the, the spiritual side of you that longs and desires after God is saying no. And, and Paul, he references this very well when he says, so in my flesh I, I, I sin this way and I wrestle, but in my mind, in my, in my inner man, I desire to be with God. And there's this wrestling back and forth. And, and he describes this wrestling. And a lot of times we stop with his statement of, oh, wretched man that I am. And we, we end there and, and we too can understand this fighting and wrestling. And we don't realize that you got to keep reading because we stop at the end of chapters. Chapter wasn't there when Paul wrote it. Because then he lets us know with great excitement. But it's Jesus. Thanks be to God. And we're able to overcome and be like Him. So Paul, he talked about dying daily. Meaning that I have this wrestling that goes on while I still exist in this unglorified body, in this flesh. I, I, I'm born again in my spirit, but I, I still got this flesh. And, and while I wrestle on this earth, I've got to say, no, I'm doing it the way God wants me to do. So here we see that when he says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Note that it says take up his cross. It didn't say take up Jesus' cross. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. It is not your job to die for the sins of the world. But the cross that you carry isn't necessarily exactly like the cross someone else carries. I referenced doing drugs a little bit over there. I have never done drugs in my life that I knew of, other than what came across the counter. And I hate taking medicine, and I don't like to take ibuprofen. And, and so if you come today, and you come from being a drug addict, and you and I stand side by side up here, and we stand here, and I raise my hand, and I say, I've never taken drugs, and I am not going to, um, I'm not going to do that. And you stand here, and you say, I've given that up. Well, who's given up more? I who don't wrestle with that because it's not my thing or you who do wrestle with that. And so when you wake up and you say, no, I'm not going back to that life, I have something else that I fought with and that I deal with and that I say, no, that's not the life I'm going back to or maybe it's a new temptation and struggle. And so for me to say, well, I gave that up, it's not from the same place. It's not the same temptation or the same battle. Some of you are married and some of you are single. There's different battles and different worlds that you live in. And when you move from being single to married, you discover new things about yourself in life. Trust me, when I both became married and then I became a father, I, I didn't realize how big of a baby I could be. As a single guy, I thought I was calm, cool, and collected. That's because when I got frustrated, I could go be alone and nobody would see that. That doesn't work out, so you guys got to have mercy on Alicia because uh, she has to, had to go, wow, that's who I married? I want it my way. All right, maybe, maybe not quite that big a baby, but uh, yeah. And so, he says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And we're called by Jesus Christ and so many different passages here, and we're going to delve into some more today, but, but to be His disciple 
and to reach into this lost world to be His example, to be a witness, to reach others. In a little bit, we're going to take communion. In the, um, in the worship portion of our service, we're going to take communion. And when Jesus sat down and did foot washing and communion, He was telling them, as you've seen Me do this, so you should do. I want you to do this. And it was service to others. Washing of their feet. Um, stooping down. And, you, and you'll say today, okay, I don't get the whole foot washing thing. If you walked around in sandals and you walked a couple miles on a dirty road, and you showed up at somebody's house, and they cared at all about their floors, not only would they want you to take your shoes off, they would bring you some water to wash your feet. And if you were any kind of person at all, you might have a servant wash your feet. And they would take care of that. And if you were a really great person, then the head of the house may come over and wash your feet. But these disciples there apparently are eating. <laughs> and maybe they had already washed their feet, but I have the idea here that they haven't washed their feet yet. And, and so they were eating, and they didn't have a nice table, and they pulled up a chair and sat down at it. But they had these long couches and tricliniums, and, and they had a table in the middle. And so they would stretch forth, and, and they would lean on their arm, and they would scoop up some food off the center of the table, and they'd eat. And they got their dirty old feet hanging off the back. And Jesus is over there and He is facing the cross and death and He gets up and He says, I'm going to wash your feet. And the great man of the house comes over and He begins to wash their feet one by one. And Peter, he's like, oh no, we're not, we're not going to do that. You can't do that to me. And yet, Jesus was like, you won't have any part with me. Why? Because He needed you to understand. And I want you to understand this today. Just a little side note. I don't care how rough your sins are. And you say, man, God, you're too great. I can't let you, let you have this one. And he's saying, you need to let me wash you. You have to let the God of glory wash you. You need to let him serve you. And then he takes that and he tells them, you need to do this to others. You, I've given you an example. And it's more than just the washing of feet, but it's getting into people's lives and being there for them and helping them out and, 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 and going with them in their struggle and getting into the places where life is dirty. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that segues into the other verse that we read in Matthew and and about the first and greatest commandment, and that is to love the Lord, the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, soul, mind, and or soul, and all thy mind. I wanted to say strength, but that's a different verse. And then he says, and the second is like unto it: thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus reached over and He grabbed from Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 19.18 and, and He took those two passages and, and, and He said, hey, these two things right here, on these hang all the law and the prophets. And I find it fascinating that He takes the, the commandment that thou shalt love the Lord thy God and He says the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
This is the others. This is the, I washed your feet, and now you're going to take care of and help others. And this is 2023. You see, when you go and you do something for others, when you get down and you wash somebody's feet, first off, it's putting you into a place of humility and it's elevating them. It's also requiring you, when, it, when that, you do that humiliating of yourself, it's, it's moving your priorities down. It might be the situation where there's only two desserts left, and you have, or there's one dessert left, and you haven't had one, and it's right there for you to take, and, and Charlie's over there, and you say, you know what, instead of me having this today, I would love to have this dessert, but I'm going to give it to Charlie. So in that case, instead of you having had four desserts, and, and, and then Marcus having had four, and then being all, oh, I, or three, and I want that fourth one, now you're saying, I don't even know that I get one today, but I'm going to make sure that I'm looking out for Charlie. It's looking at and saying, what would I want? And now I see somebody in a spot, and, and I want to do something for them, and there's a couple stories that go with this. One is the question in this passage that we read out of Matthew is also found in Luke chapter 10. It spans Luke chapter 10 verse 25 down through 37. For the sake of your ears and time today, I won't read every verse. But in this same passage, the lawyer came and he questioned Jesus and, and he's talking to him and, and, and he's talking to him about the law and talks about thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus tells him a story about a man that was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves. This is in verse 30. And which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And then it tells us that a priest came and then a Levite came. And when they came, they passed by. And they went on the other side of the road and they, they saw this man over there broken and bloodied and, and, and in a condition not only where he needed help, but maybe he was dead. And so Jesus, in answering this who's your neighbor question, so if we take this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then thou shalt... Love thy neighbor as thyself. The second is likened to it. He's elevated that. You have these two things side by side. And, and, and then he begins to answer the question of who's your neighbor? And when he begins to open that up, he, he shows the religious leaders and they come by and they pass by. And sometimes when we study this passage... We'll say, well, hey, you know, it would have been against the law for the priest to touch him. He couldn't do that. He couldn't, he couldn't uh, uh, um, do this to himself. Or the Levite, he's also a religious leader. And, and there's some debate on that, whether he could or couldn't. You can read different articles where people will dive into it and they'll say, well, you know, I think he can. And others will say, no, no, he can't. And The thing is, is Jesus is telling us there is a person that is broken and battered and bloodied. And it doesn't matter what they had done the previous day. 
It doesn't matter if they're married or not married. We don't know if they were a good person or bad person. None of those characteristics matter. All that matters is there is somebody that they don't really know, but they can see their life is a mess, and they are in position to help them. They are in the spot, and yet they turn, and whatever logic they give themselves, they go on by. And then he takes this Samaritan, and he deliberately tells us of his background as, as him being a Samaritan. In that one word, it tells us that he would be what's considered a half-breed. Somebody that's not looked upon favorably by the Jews that live in Jerusalem. He's, he's from up north up there, and, and they don't worship quite right. and They don't have everything the way, together the way we see it should be. And yet when he passes by, he, he says, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, he came and where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to the end and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out ten, two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And what did the lawyer say? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Who was the neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? You know, I like how Jesus actually twisted, spun this around a little bit. Sister Dana, who's your neighbor? And, and yet he's saying, who's being? The neighbor. Who are you a neighbor to? And this is the theme of others. The washing of feet and the reaching into the neighbor and, and, and the person that's broken and you become a neighbor to them. Oh, I like that, Brother Jeremy. Who can you be a neighbor to instead of who's my neighbor? Who, who can I be something to today instead of who's in my proximity and who, who's, who's in my sphere? Whose sphere can I be in? Who can I be a neighbor to today? We should ask ourselves that question. When you go to your workplace, when you go to the store, keep your eyes open. Make a deliberate thing every day. If you could step back in a lot of days, say, you know what, have I been a neighbor to somebody have I been a neighbor? I would encourage you to do that. And now I'm not, I said most days. And the reason I said most days is I don't want you to beat yourself up if you didn't say, wow, you know, I don't think I was a neighbor today. Oh, I'm a terrible person. You know, I, I got busy with life today and I don't think I, I, no, I want you to be proactively looking forward. Not beating yourself up by going backwards and saying, well, might as well give up on what Pastor Lucas asked me to do today. No, I am asking you, and as we move forward, and I know I'm talking about 2023, but as you move forward into 2024, instead of saying, wow, I failed at whatever that was today. I did not pray. I did not read. I, I, I wasn't a neighbor. Look at it the next day. Be a neighbor the next day. So when you can look and say, you know what? I've been a neighbor. If you like, go ahead, keep a journal. Mark it down so you can look back, not to say the days you missed, but to get encouragement from saying, hey, I've been connecting with others. 
I've been a neighbor to others. He that showed mercy on him. I think that this really well sums up, like I said, the foot washing and communion and, and the, um, perhaps even the denying oneself. I know that takes another level and another step because the denying of oneself also talks about things in our lifestyle and things that we might personally struggle with. But denying oneself also is reaching into others. I maybe wanted to keep going or, you know what, I, I, I was really tired today and I really didn't feel like connecting with somebody. But you know what, you begin to discover they're tired too. And uh, Our friends were in town and it was late and we, Chris and I were setting up visiting and, and he was tired and he was hitting almost 24 hours. But there was something about when we began to dive into the Word... And an excitement, and it was now 2.30 in the morning. And, and God was in the room. Brother Keith, I called you from Puerto Rico. Now, I had some long days there. I had a time 17-hour days. And, and I called up Brother Keith to share the good news of my friend being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and Keith, I think it was two hours. And you know, he's on his phone and I'm on my phone and my Bible's open and his Bible's open and then he's praying in his room halfway across the United States and I'm praying in my room and the Holy Ghost comes and hear me. There is something when you begin to pour into others that you will walk in depressed and you will walk out with joy. You'll, you'll still feel tired, but yet you'll say, man, I don't think I can sleep. I couldn't fall asleep after I got off the phone with Brother Keith. And, and I, I want you to try this. You know, it, we were drinking some coffee the other day, and we begin to share the Word, and, and it's very biblical. Don't be ashamed or back away from getting into the Word with your fellow brothers and sisters. Hear me, there's joy in it. There's excitement. And you will begin to share what God gave you to, with them, and you pour it into them, and, they, and then you pause. Do you know why you pause? Because you need to hear and they will pour into you. And others, going back and forth, you'll be strengthened by your brothers and your sisters. And then you will take this, and you're going to talk to somebody who doesn't know anything much about church, and it's superficial to them, and yet you're going to pour into them, and you will change others. Not so that you can say, I brought 65 to church. I would love for you to bring 65 to church. But not so you can say that. But because you're simply being a conduit, that Jesus Christ flows through. And why are you filled with joy? Because Jesus is flowing through you. And when He's flowing through you, His glory ripples through you. And you come out being lifted up. You're sharing Jesus Christ with others. You're being Jesus to the world. The world. Another story in the book of Luke on others. And that's in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, and it spans Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And this one is on the prodigal son. And here, again, I'm going to go through the story, but often, and when I have it highlighted in my Bible here as well, and when I talk about this story, i got certain verses that I've highlighted and Verse 17, 
It talks about he came to himself. And verse 20, it says, and he arose and came to his father. And, and, and he talks about his condition. And, 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 and this is a great focus on the prodigal son. For those of you who don't really know this story, the prodigal son is, is there was two, two boys. But they weren't necessarily 12-year-olds now. They, they're old enough to be able to be out on their own. And the younger and the older, and the younger, he decides it's time to live life. You know what? I'm excited. I love dad. But I need access to some money. He's got it. And the way I'm supposed to get it is when he dies, I get it. I really don't want him to die, but I like the money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if any of you have had those thoughts. Maybe you guys don't. Like me, you're not necessarily going to inherit a bunch of money. <laughs> but I, could, I suppose I can see somebody having this thought in their head. And instead of saying, that's a stupid thought, get out of here. <laughs> going, well, maybe if I talk to Dad. That way he gets to stay living, and I get to have my money. So he goes and he says, Dad, can I get my inheritance now? And Dad goes ahead and takes his portion and puts it into a, 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 a way that, into money so that he can have it. And he trots off, and he is going to seize the day, and he's going to make life. And he goes out, and he has a lot of cash in his pocket. And when you have a lot of money, you can have a lot of friends. And so he makes friends, and they invite him to the parties. And he goes ahead, and, he, and he's spending right and left. And, and everything's going great. And others looking over would say, man, how does he have so much money at such a young age? And he's able to take care of this. And our families are struggling over here. And we're having a difficult time. And yet, this son is out here and you would see him and he's living it up. But hear me, life is not about money. It's not about mammon. And he spent it. And he spent it all. And suddenly all the friends were gone. And he is now in a pig pen. And he would eat the food of the pigs, but he can't really eat the husks. It's not, it won't work with his body. And that's when he realizes, I'm going to go back to my father's house and maybe I can be a servant. You know, he's not, you don't even read in there that he's like, I am so sorry for what I've done. I was so wronged how I treated dad. And I he doesn't say those things. He just is like, this is a bad situation. Perhaps I'll go back to my father, I'll tell him these words, and then... I can be a servant, and I'll have food to eat, and I'll be looked out for. Again, he's all about self. Self. Even in his lowest place. And he starts to head back home, and he's got a problem that he didn't think about. One that any person hearing this story would have known. And that is he has to pass through the village to get to the father. And the villagers know what kind of rot person he was. They know how he treated dad. They know how he skipped town and how he lived it high. And, 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 and they're, they would have nothing to do with this. And if he tried to make it back to dad being good people, they would have stopped him. And yet as he's making his journey, we read, and this is the part I really want you to see, because the father who had all of the goods 
gave up the portion to the son. And then we see that he says to the older brother, all I have is yours. And all he has left at this moment is his identity, his authority, his power. And we see that he's looking afar off. Oh my goodness. How many days was the young man gone? How many days did the father look? How many days was, was he up there thinking? And, and when he looked, oh, I, I, come on, this man is growing. He's changed. He lived it up. And now he ended up in the pig pen. He doesn't look the same. And yet he sees him afar off. And he picks up his robes, which would, 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 have, brought, um, it would have exposed his legs and would have brought shame on the father. And he runs and why did I tell you about the village? It's not all those details aren't totally recorded, but it's what you would have seen in the culture and the time. And he ran. Why did he run? Not out of excitement is what I see, but also he brought shame on himself. And he was able to run and get to the sun before somebody could step in and stop the whole, uh, the whole um, procession and, and, and say, hey, I love you. And he met him and he ran and he put shame on himself. And the son, he says, well, we'll read that. He says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, he started his speech, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and I am no worthy to be called thy son. Boom. He didn't even get to say, can I be a servant? Why? Because the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. What did the father say? We're going to give him, I'm, what do I have? Authority and power. And I'm going to put my identity on him. I'm putting the robe on him. I'm putting the ring on him. I'm setting him at the table. I'm elevating him. Oh, hear me. You think you need to come to Jesus Christ and you need to say, okay, here's every sin I've ever committed and I'm deeply sorry and now that God's going to go ahead and ponder on it and say, you know what, I think you really are deeply sorry and I think we'll forgive you today. No. Jesus told this parable. Why? Because He cuts him off. And He's like, here, here's forgiveness. Here's the robe. Here, let's, let's get him here. Let's get a fatted calf. Let's have a celebration. And, and, and He couldn't even get the words out, let me be a servant. That is forgiveness of the Father. And so, in talking about others today, I referenced... Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And when he's talking about how you're supposed to treat your brother and your neighbor, verse 18, it says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. It said, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. What did the father do here for the son? He forgave him. You see, when you're looking at others, and you're loving others as yourself, and you're making yourself a neighbor to others, when you're making yourself a neighbor to others, 
and you love others as yourself. It's not about whether you're right or wrong. It's not about what they did or didn't do. It's not about getting out the tally book and counting up the points. This is not a board game. And we add up all the cards and the points at the end and we see who won. And we call each other cheater. That's not how... You guys do that in your house? Uh, We played Clue the other night. And I won. I was teamed with Finn. And Finn may or may not have seen his brother's cards. So I may or may not have known that Liam had Mr. White. Liam does not know that, by the way. (laughs) Finn leads over and he's like, I'm pretty sure Liam has Mr. White. I'm like, how do you know? Because I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't tell the rest of them at the board, so Alicia now knows my sin. Right? But when it comes to people and others, it's not about the right and wrong tally book. Because Jesus didn't do that with you. And when he talked to them about being a servant and, and, to your, and washing their feet, and when he shared communion, he knew he was going to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And he said, Father, forgive them. And it wasn't, hey, let's keep a tally sheet. But it's because they didn't know what they were doing. What do you mean they didn't know what they were doing? They hated him. They wanted him to crucify. They, they, they didn't like how he was attracting the people and how he was upending their, their, uh, uh, their power and their po- politics and their control. But he understood that if they could truly see their condition and the salvation he was bringing, you never know what people have gone through. You never know what people have gone through. Some of you work in the medical industry. Some of you work in the schools. My wife works in the schools. And you work around different people. And you you will work with frustrating people. And sometimes you're just plain mad at them. And Alicia, she can't, because of her job, share all the stories out and everything. But sometimes she can give, give some stuff or whatever. And I begin to discover that She'll then learn about somebody's life, a student. And when she learns about their life, you see the frustration that that student brings because they can be pretty mean. If any of you are students in school, you might know kids can be mean. But then you find out their background. And, you know, when, when, when the Bible says, but such were some of you, when you look at those people and you look at their condition and you look at they're living a lifestyle, they're like the prodigal son out there, but yet you also know how it destroys life. And such are some of you. And it's about others. And reaching others. Loving others. The Father was willing to bring shame and humility on Himself by picking up His robes and running out to the Son. He was willing to give everything that he had and the older brother comes and the older brother's mad. Rightfully so. Right? Look what the father just did. Look how the father was looking every day. Look how the father was paying attention to the one that left. What about me who stayed here with you? What about me who was loyal, who loved you, who didn't do those things to you? What about me who, who remained in your household and wanted to be in your presence? What, where's the kind words for me? Where's the party? Where's the celebration? Where is it? 
But all you can see is him. How about all the days where we lost something in relationship because you were looking for the brother out there? He's frustrated. You can see and, and think of what you would be like in these frustrations. So when the, the older brother, when he came in and he heard the music and the dancing, and he asked one of the servants what it was all about, and, and, and he hears it, he was angry and he would not go in. Do you know what the father did for him? What did he do for the, the younger son? He ran out to meet him. What did the father do for the older, older brother? Therefore came his father out and entreated him. The words were different because it was a different condition in a different setting. Sister Dana, the father came out for him too. So whether you've stayed in the church or you left the church, the father is coming for you. And that's forgiveness. And then he implored on the older brother and he let him see the situation. What was he wanting him to see? He was wanting him to see the way the father viewed the son and he wanted the older brother to have the same view. And this is in foot washing and communion. This is what I've done to you. So you do likewise. Others. Others. We're setting at about 10 minutes to go here. I want to read. There's, I want to read 1 Corinthians, just a portion of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul has gone through the gifts in chapter 12, and now he says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding of all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move, remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. He's saying I can do all of these things and my pedigree looks good. My, my account book looks great. Look at everything I've done. Though I've done all these good works... But I have not love. Profits me nothing. Love, love gets revenge. Love counts the, the points up. No, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. And I'm, I apologize, I'm reading now the New King James Version. Does not, have, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endure all, all things. And verse 8 says, love never fails. This passage right here really rings out the need for love and what love truly looks like. And so we talk about others and loving others. But the last thing I want to bring out to you is the second commandment says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And I want to close with this today, thyself. Because we spend all this time on others, but you cannot love others if you cannot love them like yourself. And so if you hate yourself, if you look down on yourself, 
If you don't value yourself, how can you value others? If you don't see the good in you, if you don't see the value that Jesus placed on you, when I talk to my children, and, and, and I, I have a big focus on this with my girls, but, but I like to let them know that they're smart and that they're beautiful. And I, I like to say things like they're kind. And I like to tell them this and let them know I love them. And they did a great job. And, 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 and I want all, all these kids to know you did a great job and you look handsome today to the boys. And, and why do I emphasize both the visual and the actions inside? I emphasize their thinking and their outer looks. I, I, it's the whole person. And I want them to walk out of, the, uh, out of life and when they, when they become adults, I want them to be at peace with themselves. Not looking at themselves in the mirror saying, well, I'm really ugly. I got this flaw right here. Or I don't, I'm, I'm not as smart as the other people. I let them know it doesn't matter. There'll always be somebody smarter than you. Okay? But you can go ahead and do. Why? Because if you don't value yourself, what makes you think you will value others? The Bible doesn't say love others more than yourself. I don't even know if that really is totally quite possible. I tell the kids that, right? But, but, but you are a measuring stick. And so if you want to pour into somebody else, you've got to realize the value that the Father has for you. And if you're going to forgive somebody else, it's time for you to forgive Yourself. And so I would like to reread that part in, Le or in 1 Corinthians. Love suffers long. It's time to put up with some stuff that you did for a long time and move past it. It's kind. It's time to start treating yourself right. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. You don't need to go ahead and get validation from the rest of the world about who you are. But you need to rest yourself in the love of Jesus Christ and value yourself so that you can value others. I really felt this today, this loving yourself. And as I, I was preparing for this, this message and talking to God and looking back at others, it struck me. That you really can't keep reaching others if you will not love yourself. Can we go ahead and stand to our feet? I pulled the story of the prodigal son and I pulled the story of the man that was the good Samaritan, the man that was beaten up on the road. These two stories were brought out today, the the one to show how you give and you pour into somebody else. And the second one to show how you forgive and you long and how you pour into somebody else. To, to show us what it means to what valuing somebody else means. Why would the Good Samaritan stop for a broken person on the side of the road? Because without knowing who they were, without knowing their background, he didn't hold any evil treatment he would have received against that person. He didn't say, well, people have been jerks to me. Why should I take time to take care of somebody broken on the side of the road? Would somebody help me? I'm a Samaritan. If I was on the side of the road, would they help me out? Like, like really? Why, why should I stop and check on this person? Do you know what's been done wrong to me in life? We don't see any of that. We see that he reaches in 
and he helps. Because loving others means that it can't be all selfishness. You can't be all about yourself. But you can't put yourself away and beat yourself down and hate yourself. That's not loving others. But loving others is saying, okay, you know what? I want to go to heaven, and I want you to go to heaven too. And, and, and if I was in need of help, I would want somebody to help me out on the side of the road. And so I'm going to help you too. And if I had left the family of God, I would want the Father to run out to me, and I'd want the church to welcome me in and run out and greet me. So I'm going to run out to you too. And I'm not going to keep a list of all the wrongs that you did, because I don't want a list on me either. And, and, and He loved me, and, and I needed to be loved. And so I'm I'm going to love you too and I want him to love you too we didn't talk about the story of the one sheep that was lost verse the 99 I've referenced it recently but the shepherd goes out and rescues the one sheep even though 99 are in the wilderness and if you were one of those sheep and you say why did the shepherd leave us what well, some beasts came you could say you know what I that's the father's love that's the shepherd's love and if you or I were lost no he would go out and look for you too. And that's loving and reaching others. So as we close out 2023, I want us to remember to, to, to pour our heart out to God and to say, God, help me to forgive myself and to love myself so I can love others. Lord Jesus, You see the church of Omaha. You see every place we've been through in 2023. God, you see how we've, we've focused on paying attention to the conditions of the world and, the, and to the lost. And we opened up last year with this. and Lord, in the, the heartbeat of reaching others. But God, you also see the brokenness in this place. You see those that have struggled with themselves. And, and God, as I've shared some of these words even in the last ten minutes, there may be some little self-recognition that... that I haven't forgiven myself and I haven't loved myself and I haven't, I haven't been patient with myself. And, and oh God, how can we be patient with others if we're too hard on ourselves? And So I ask You to heal today, Lord Jesus. Heal the hearts. Heal the broken. God, bring them into a place, Lord, where You can heal them with the love that You gave on the cross. God, because You gave Yourself to save us. And that was Your love for us. So help us, O oh God, to love others as You would have us to love ourselves and to reach this world the way You want us to reach them because God, You gave and You're asking us to give. We love You and we worship You. Thank You, Jesus, for loving us. Can we give Him a hand clap? Hallelujah. We love You, Jesus. We love You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. God bless you. Come back here in 10 minutes and we have uh, quite a second half planned or uh, worship segment of our service planned and there will be an unveiling of the theme for 2024. We'll see you in a few minutes. God bless you.